the Lake of the Ozarks' only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, October 11th. Heated arguments, opinions, and some choice words filled Osage Beach City Hall last week. Developers, aldermen, and the president of the Camden School Board squared off about tax breaks to build a $63 million apartment complex in Osage Beach. Citizens came to voice their opinions, too. Some were for it, others against it. Some brought up concerns about safety on Nichols Road, where the 268-unit apartment complex will be built. In the end, Alderman voted to approve the funding agreement with the development group. More coverage on this one at lakeexpo.com. Two people were killed when a vehicle crashed head-on with a semi-truck Friday evening. 24-year-old Ashley Dinkins of Camdenton was driving southbound on Highway 5 when she attempted to pass another vehicle driven by 32-year-old Samantha Lucas. Dinkins' vehicle collided with an oncoming semi-truck. Two passengers in the Chevy were killed, 21-year-old Jasmine Chaplin of Sunrise Beach and 26-year-old Christopher Trout of Lake Ozark. Their bodies were taken to Hedges Scott Funeral Home. The Missouri Highways and Transportation Commission has approved over $11 million to improve roads across mid-Missouri, including at Lake of the Ozarks. Repairs include seal coat overlays on routes Y, V, and Outer Road 54 in Camden County, and multiple others in Morgan and Miller County. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-280-0532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Well, the Chiefs, they won, but boy, did they make it interesting. Kansas City now 4-1 and one after beating the Raiders last night, 30-29. to Chiefs fell behind 17 to nothing, but rally in the second half. And how about Travis Kelsey? A Monday night football record, four touchdown catches. Raiders had a two-point conversion late in the game that would have given them the lead, but they came up just short. And the Chiefs again get the win. They improved to four and one. Next week at home, the Chiefs take on the Bills. Both teams are four and one. That'll be interesting. Carolina Panthers have fired their coach, Matt Rule, after a one and four start. As for baseball news, another person gets fired. That was uh, Kansas City Royals skipper Mike Matheny. He is out after another bad season. In the meantime, the second round of the baseball playoffs getting underway today in the National League. The Phillies and Braves and the Padres and Dodgers and in the American League, Cleveland and the Yankees and the Mariners and the Astros. Of course, the Cardinals 
lost their first-round series. Mizzou Tigers and MSU Bears both off this weekend. Both teams are 2-4 and four on the season. Hey, KB is on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. You can see him every day, 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows, and they are great, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris from Slumberland Furniture every day at 8, 1, and 2 every day. It is Lake TV. You can see Lake TV absolutely free on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry. You can watch absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. Just do a search for Lake TV. And you can watch on your computer, streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. She's a former Camdenton resident, Hollywood actress, and pop culture expert. Tina Griffin helps parents safely navigate the current pop culture chaos. Know how to create a healthy media diet for your family and live as a counterculture warrior. Listen to the Counterculture Mom Show Fridays and Sundays at 5 a.m., 1 p.m., and 9 p.m. on Key Radio, 89.3 FM. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call one 866 71 Abuse. Who knows and understands the Lake of the Ozarks better than the people who live here? Key Radio is bringing the public square right to your radio, computer, or mobile device. We get a lot of outside advice on how to handle what's happening at the lake, and that's great. However, we'd rather hear from the people like you who live here, get involved, and really make a difference with Key Radio. You're listening to 89.3, The Key.
thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, The Key. Well, good morning, 808. Looks like uh, Mother Nature decided to uh, maybe do a little something, something along the lines of uh, trying to keep everybody from burning the Lake of the Ozarks to the ground. She said, uh, I'm going to let it rain on those folks a little bit. We certainly needed it. I guess if you are an allergy sufferer, this is uh, probably a good day for you. Kind of get some of that pollen and dust and nastiness out of the air. I know that uh, I've been sneezing my head off for the last few days, but uh, a part of that is because I have a cold. And it's not COVID. It's just a cold. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. 63 degrees in Osage Beach, 61 in Camdenton. We are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. And I want to say uh, good morning to all of you listening on 89.3, keyradio.live, our free apps for the Android and iPhone. And or, of course, if you're tuning in and watching us, watching me right now on the uh, SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in Studio Live Cam. And you can see I just kind of threw on a t-shirt and ball cap this morning. I don't know if it had anything to do with the weather or not, but uh, I, for once, don't have any uh, engagements after the radio uh, show here this morning. So uh, for all of you listening out there, if you want to check out our cam, simply go to my Facebook page. Uh, you can search Kevin Burns, and you can uh, pull up the Facebook page and watch me live. You don't get that uh, picture you got yesterday with the camera right in my face. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Set that on the floor of your house, uh, your computer, or whatever you're using, and you will not have to deal with a uh, a rodent problem in your house ever again. What is that? Run, run. Good morning, Delta. How are you this morning? Patty, hello. Uh, BBJ, BBJ. So just keep that in mind, right? 810 is our time. We've got a full compliment this morning coming in at about 840. I hope we get to see him. Josh Robinson. Josh uh, recently went to Florida to help the victims of Hurricane Ina. Ian, Ina, Ian. Ian, I believe it is. And we're going to uh, talk to him about his experience, uh, what he saw, what he learned. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of people like that. There are a lot of people like that when there are people in need. They simply just pick up and go and do what they can do. And uh, I've known Josh for a long time, and he is just that kind of guy. He uh, said to his wife, hey, listen, honey, I'm loading up the uh, pickup, and I'm headed to Florida. And she said, well, you're not going without us. He said, I'm not going to, you know, sit on the beach and enjoy the sun and the sand and the drink in my hand. He said, uh, no, I'm going to go down and help the folks who were victims of Hurricane Ian. So we're going to talk to him at about 8.40. And in response to a concerned citizen we had on yesterday, Sherry Morris, who lives in uh, Camdenton, I reached out to Jeff Hooker, who is the city administrator of Camdenton and also the uh, developer of this proposed apartment complex, and we heard from Sherry last night that they will be having a meeting at the Camdenton City Hall that gets underway at 6 o'clock tonight. So if you are a concerned citizen and you are concerned about this apartment uh, complex 
uh, this development. Well, you uh, might want to be there. Probably a good idea to find out more about uh, the project itself. So we're going to get their response uh, to some of Sherry's concerns, and we will have the opportunity to uh, talk with them. And we'll uh, keep Jeff Hooker around in the 9 o'clock hour as well to find out some of the things that are going on in the city of Camdenton. It has been a while since I have spoken with Mr. Hooker, and I think I need to reach out to uh, some of the other folks around the Lake of the Ozarks, uh, some city administrators in Osage Beach and Lake Ozark and uh, Sunrise Beach and Versailles and Eldon. I, I, I got a friend request from Wayne Morgan. And for those of you who live in Eldon, Wayne was the uh, man who headed up the Eldon Chamber of Commerce for a lot of years. He has since retired. And uh, I remember I ran into him. I forgot where I was at when I saw Wayne. But uh, just a quality man, and it was uh, good to get a friend request from him on Facebook. And good to uh, see him and just kind of chit-chat with him. He is a huge University of Missouri fan. And for all of you Chiefs fans out there last night, oh my gosh. If you uh, hadn't had any excitement in your life for a while, the Chiefs down at one point 17 to nothing to the dreaded Las Vegas Raiders. Came back and win the game. Come back and win the game last night, 30-29. to 29. And what a nail-biter. And I wonder if this is uh, kind of uh, a season that we will endure as far as the Chiefs are concerned. Some uh, close uh, victories already this year. But now they had that blowout in... Uh, in Arizona against the Cardinals. But I don't know if we'll see that uh, again for quite some time because a lot of teams around the NFL know what the Chiefs bring to the table and are doing everything they possibly can do. Of course, the next uh, uh, the, the next opponent for uh, the Chiefs will be the Buffalo Bills, and that is a huge game, probably one of the biggest games coming to KC in a long, long time. So I don't know if you've got tickets for the game. I guess if you're a season ticket uh, holder, you're in uh, pretty good shape, uh, and and I guess they only sell tickets like a tenant uh, at a pop to individuals. You want to buy ten tickets? I mean, in, in that particular instance, that's going to be a huge game. You've got Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills coming to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, and we know the Bills have been red hot. Years and years ago, I remember the uh, days of watching the Buffalo Bills, and uh, of course, yes, they made it to a few Super Bowls when Jim Kelly was their quarterback, but they never got the coveted prize. They never got what they were uh, really seeking, and that was that uh, Super Bowl win. And I remember years ago when uh, O.J. Simpson played for the Buffalo Bills. I'll have to get the pictures out. I, I don't know where they're at. Um, I think I might have them in my possession. But O.J. Simpson used to be the spokesman for Tree Sweet Orange Juice. I don't even know if they make Tree Sweet Orange Juice anymore. And he was doing a nationwide tour to uh, promote the product. And uh, my father, who worked for Schnucks in St. Louis, they had a big gathering of all of the big shots, the big wigs with the company. And uh, O.J. Simpson came in and... Uh, did the shake and howdy, and that was actually right before my father passed away back in 1978. 
So I'll see if I can find those pictures and maybe post them on uh, on Facebook. What's on your mind this morning? We've got a little time before Josh Robinson shows up. And uh, you've got something you want to talk about? 573-633-5395. Yesterday we talked about how the state of Missouri, the, uh, the state government, is dealing with inflation. Their budget requests are going through the roof because they just don't have enough money based on inflation and the shortage of items to uh, keep their heads above water. And we were talking yesterday about the fact that uh, maybe, just maybe, uh, they have to suck it up and tighten their belts like everybody else. What do you think? Something else, I, I, and, 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 and I'm not picking on anyone. Please don't think that I'm picking on anyone. But I noticed yesterday, because I got uh, behind the school bus on the way into work, and how many parents drive their kids to the bus stop? even when it's a nice day. It's a little chilly. But hats off to all of you who walk to school 10 miles uphill both ways, in the snow, in the rain, in the heat. But for those of you who took the bus, maybe you were fortunate enough, like myself, to have the bus stop right across the street. I'll tell you what, if you miss the bus, if I miss the bus, my mom said, well, you better get on your bike and ride it to school. But school for me was uh, quite a ways away, high school anyway. I went to Charbonnier Elementary School. I believe it is uh, Lawson Elementary School now, renamed, uh, I believe, for the former superintendent, uh, Dr. Lawson. Anyway, that was only about a mile from the house, so that was no big deal. But we walked it anyway. We didn't worry about the weather. And uh, If you... We're late, you were late, and you got in trouble and all that good stuff. But how many parents drive their kids to the bus stop? And do your kids have far to walk? Is it like a I – just, I just noticed some parents, like, sitting in cars while the kids were standing there at the bus stop. And not that there's anything wrong with that, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they just have to uh, endure some treacherous – treacherous conditions to get to the bus stop. 818 is our time. Again, we uh, are looking at uh, a high today, I believe, around 72 degrees. 72 degrees, the expected high. With clouds and periods of rain, thunder showers possible, and then a partly cloudy sky early, then thunderstorms developing late, a low of 60. We need the rain. We really do. And I hope it's not like raining on your parade if you're down here visiting 73 in morning thunderstorms possible tomorrow, 66 and sunny on Thursday, 69 and mostly sunny, a comfy 69 as I like to say, partly cloudy in 77. And then uh, that's Saturday's forecast, partly cloudy and a comfy 69 on Sunday. So we're really getting into the fall weather. Next week on Monday the 17th, my sister's birthday, my sister Carol will be 51 years old. A high of 55 and a low at the freezing mark, 32. So start making room for the plants inside your home if you haven't already done so. Tulsi Gabbard is in the news. And uh, I don't know how people feel about Tulsi, but I will say that um, uh, apparently she has left the Democratic Party. 
denouncing it as an elitist cabal. And this is a story on MSN.com from Fox News. Former Democratic presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard announced she left the Democratic Party on Tuesday, denouncing the organization as an elitist cabal. If you'd like to call in, by the way, this morning, 573-633-5395. That is the number to the Key Radio Community Hotline. Gabbard attacked the institution in a minute-long video posted to her Twitter account. Gabbard did not announce plans to join the Republican Party or adopt any other political affiliation. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that is now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoke anti-white racism. Wow. Big surprise there or not? And do you think uh, more Democrats will be jumping ship? Because they're tired of how when things don't go their way, they automatically want to tag people with that racist label. If you're not with us, uh, you're against us, but you're also a racist. <laughs> it's so easy to do. And immediately tagging someone as a racist without knowing anything about them. I, I find that so very interesting. Okay, you met me 30 seconds ago, and based on 30 seconds, you have determined that I am a racist. Is it the way I look? Is it the way I dress? Uh, is it the Trump hat I'm wearing, the MAGA hat? Is it a Trump shirt that I'm wearing that automatically makes me a racist? I think that's something. And, and, and what's interesting about this, to me anyway, is the fact that are we really all racists because we don't agree with what the Democrats want us to agree with? Or do we just have a differing opinion? Do we view life? Do we view liberty? Do we view freedom? Do we view morality as something that is near and dear to our hearts? Or are we just a bunch of racists like the founding fathers? You know, they were a bunch of racists. They had slaves. They were racists. So we've basically taken that, and now we use it against people. We're like wielding this racist sword. Not, not we, but they are wielding the racist sword. It's all about the race card. And that's a shame because you would think in a day and age when people are supposed to be these, you know, wonderful thinkers and we're supposed to have all of this incredible thought going on and that we're, you know, about advancing our society. And you would think that people would see beyond that. It's not about the color of their skin. It's about their character. And who they really are. Do you know enough about somebody when you meet them the first time to determine just exactly who they are? Now, I guess if they're spewing all kinds of <laughs> racial slurs, yeah, maybe that person is a racist. But do you know enough about someone when you first meet them to, well, they say, you know, the first impression kind of a thing. And first impressions are important. I get that. But... Do you know enough about somebody when you first meet them to determine whether or not they are a racist? And I think anymore when we go out, we are constantly on guard. 
watching what we say, watching what we do, watching who we support, because we might be tagged as a racist. Or there are other people out there who really don't care. Just because you label me does not mean that's who I am. I always kind of go back to what George Carlin said. Not bad words, bad thoughts. And so it really kind of depends on whether or not you consider what someone thinks of you as a bad thought or, or, or I guess even if you care at all. 824 is our time, so Tulsi's gone. Who else do you think would be a likely candidate to jump ship as far as the Democratic Party is concerned? Ha-ha. I see. Bradley Berg, good morning to you, sir. I'll see you later. CJ and Dave Dunkley, good morning. Mr. Warman, good morning. David Thomas, good morning. Sean Cobra, good morning. Susan Buckingham, good morning. Joe McElwee, good morning. Mike Wackerman, good morning, sir. Jason Jones says it's the booby Q. B double O B I E Q U E. Smokin' Jones Barbecue this Sunday from eleven until two. All money raised for Pink October Breast Cancer Awareness will stay local to Lake Regional Health System. I need to talk to Bobby Bash. I really do. I haven't talked to Bobby in a while. And I will tell you that she is a breast cancer survivor, and she has an amazing story to tell. But, uh, you know, you see it, and, 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 you know, if we can all come together for something like Breast Cancer Awareness... Why can't we kick all the nonsense to the curb and come together as a country and realize and understand what is going on? I like how uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, now blames the oil companies for gouging people as far as the price of gasoline in that state. Did you hear that? He said, well, it's the oil companies. They're putting the screws to the people. Are they putting the screws to the people or is it the gas tax? That has been established in the state of California, and we know that the state of California is pushing uh, electric cars and the whole green agenda. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. But essentially, the state government in the state of California is passing the buck, saying that, yes, indeed, yes, indeed, the oil companies, big oil is responsible for these high gas prices. Well, look around the country, folks. Are we all paying that same price for gasoline as they're paying in California? Well, of course not. Because certain states have utilized taxes and uh, various other things. Good morning, Jim Paisley. Go Chiefs. Professor Paisley will be on the program tomorrow at 910 with another exciting, rousing rendition of the True History Professor program. Ike Skelton on the program as well tomorrow. So we've got a lot uh, to look forward to the rest of the week. I also uh, know that there is a community blood drive, community blood center of the Ozarks blood drive. And let me see if I can find it here this morning. 
Bob Harger, who does a fantastic job of providing us with useful information. He does an amazing job. See if I can find the blood drive information here just real quick before we have to go to a break at the bottom of the hour. Because I know they're having a blood drive at the Kent Memorial Lutheran Church very soon. And thank you, Bob, and thank you to all the folks that send us public service announcements. We like to get the word out about what's going on. Jason Jones letting us know about the barbecue this Sunday at Jones Barbecue. That Michael Jones over there, they've got some uh, pretty darn good barbecue. Got to say, it is uh, some good stuff, and I need to get back over there. I haven't been to... uh, Jones Barbecue in a while, and I apologize for not holding up my end of the bargain. Kent Memorial Lutheran Church is hoisting our annual Trunk or Treat Halloween event. Everyone is welcome to come join in the fun. Great treats for all. Monday, October 31st, starting at 5 and running until 7, located in the church parking lot at 184 Sunset Hill Drive, Sunrise Beach. Doesn't say anything here about a blood drive, but I thought I saw something about a community um, blood center of the Ozarks blood drive that Bob had sent us some information on. I'll continue to rifle through the uh, emails here this morning. But I want to thank you for taking the time to join us wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making us a part of your day. And here it is right here. So let me tell you about it. Uh, Upcoming event, you get a uh, free Chiefs T-shirt for all donors while supplies last. Get in the game for life. Give blood at the Kent Memorial Lutheran Church in their fellowship hall, 184 Sunset Hills Drive, Sunrise Beach, on Friday, October the 21st from 1 until 530. Again, a community blood center of the Ozarks Blood Drive. If you need any more information, call the church office at 573-374-5267. So we got it in. Time now for us to step aside and get you some information. How about Stacy Johnson with our media partners at LakeExpo.com? Chris Schneider with our media partners at Lake TV. It is a beautiful day to be alive and live at the Lake of the Ozarks, and I thank you for joining us. Josh Robinson, we'll talk to him shortly about his trip to Florida to help out the victims of Hurricane Ian. Jeff Hooker on the program, as well as uh, the developer of this proposed apartment complex. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some concerns that some residents in the area are voicing about that uh, apartment complex and hopefully get some answers for those folks. If not, you can attend the uh, Camdenton Board of Aldermen meeting tonight at the City Hall in Camdenton. It starts at 6. You are listening to The Daily Show on 89.3 The Key.
I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, October 11th. Heated arguments, opinions, and some choice words filled Osage Beach City Hall last week. Developers, aldermen, and the president of the Camden School Board squared off about tax breaks to build a $63 million apartment complex in Osage Beach. Citizens came to voice their opinions, too. Some were for it, others against it. Some brought up concerns about safety on Nichols Road, where the 268-unit apartment complex will be built. In the end, Alderman voted to approve the funding agreement with the development group. More coverage on this one at lakeexpo.com. Two people were killed when a vehicle crashed head-on with a semi-truck Friday evening. 24-year-old Ashley Dinkins of Camdenton was driving southbound on Highway 5 when she attempted to pass another vehicle driven by 32-year-old Samantha Lucas. Dinkins' vehicle collided with an oncoming semi-truck. Two passengers in the Chevy were killed, 21-year-old Jasmine Chaplin of Sunrise Beach and 26-year-old Christopher Trout of Lake Ozark. Their bodies were taken to Hedges Scott Funeral Home. The Missouri Highways and Transportation Commission has approved over $11 million to improve roads across mid-Missouri, including at Lake of the Ozarks. Repairs include seal coat overlays on routes YV and Outer Road 54 in Camden County and multiple others in Morgan and Miller County. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. This is Happy Headlines. I'm David Beach, bringing you good news and heartwarming stories to help you through your day. That's the plan. I hope it's working. Here's today's story. Mowing your yard is hard work. I can actually hear my father saying to this broadcast, how would you know? But recently in Florida, a man while mowing his yard collapsed from heat exhaustion. He's 83 years old, and Prince Pinky started feeling sick. His left leg, which was already weak from the effects of a previous stroke, gave out. His wife, Rebecca, said, He slipped. He just fell, and I had him by the arm, but I couldn't hold him up. A passerby saw the situation and called 911. A crew from Fort Lauderdale Fire Rescue was at the scene within minutes. They treated Prince Pinky, and after he was taken care of, Fort Lauderdale Fire Rescue Lieutenant Matthew Wells said, I think we can cut their lawn. So they did. The crew came by hours later to check on the Pinkies. Prince Pinky served in the Army and was a missile technician during the Vietnam War. The couple said they usually pay someone to mow their lawn, but that person had not been around lately. Captain Terry Mailer said, Their story is amazing in itself. Their age, what they've gone through, this history is a veteran serving his country. If that doesn't move you to go ahead and do what you're capable of, then nothing will. They were called to help him. They saw he needed more help, and they mowed his yard. It's just that extra step. That is what helps us get through this. That's what helps us get through everything, taking that additional step to help someone. That's a happy headline. It's not an, a complicated story. It's just something above and beyond. Thank you for listening. Stay happy, stay healthy, and find a way to make someone's day. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Well, the Chiefs 
They won, but boy, did they make it interesting. Kansas City now 4-1 and one after beating the Raiders last night, 30-29. to 29. Chiefs fell behind 17 to nothing, but rally in the second half. And how about Travis Kelsey? A Monday night football record, four touchdown catches. Raiders had a two-point conversion late in the game that would have given them the lead, but they came up just short. And the Chiefs again get the win. They improved to four and one. Next week at home, the Chiefs take on the Bills. Both teams are four and one. That'll be interesting. Carolina Panthers have fired their coach, Matt Rule, after a 1-4 start. As for baseball news, another person gets fired. That was uh, Kansas City Royals skipper Mike Matheny. He is out after another bad season. In the meantime, the second round of the baseball playoffs getting underway today in the National League. The Phillies and Braves and the Padres and Dodgers and in the American League, Cleveland and the Yankees and the Mariners and the Astros. Of course, the Cardinals lost their first-round series. Mizzou Tigers and MSU Bears both off this weekend. Both teams are 2-4 and four on the season. Hey, KB is on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. You can see him every day, 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you five local Lake Area shows, and they are great, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris from Slumberland Furniture every day at 8, 1, and 2 every day. It is Lake TV. You can see Lake TV absolutely free on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry. You can watch absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. Just do a search for Lake TV. And you can watch on your computer, streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Creation Expo. Ask a typical person how he or she knows the Earth is millions or billions of years old, and that person will probably mention the dinosaurs, which nearly everybody knows died off 65 million years ago. A recent discovery by Dr. Mary Schweitzer, however, has given reason for all but evolutionary fundamentalists to reconsider. Schweitzer discovered that bone slices from a Tyrannosaurus rex found in Montana show what appear to be blood vessels of the type seen in bone and marrow, and these contained red blood cell nuclei. Additionally, the marrow contained what appeared to be flexible organic tissue. This was not your ordinary fossilized bone. For once, Bible believers can agree with evolutionists. Organic material cannot endure for millions of years. That blood does not endure, God tells us in Genesis. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Schweitzer's dinosaur testifies that death could not have come so very long ago, certainly not millions of years. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. Right back here in the uh, friendly confines of SRG Financial Advisors. We are broadcasting from their world headquarters in our 
wonderful studio. Hoping that uh, Bill and Denise LaCasse are enjoying themselves. And, yeah, the the opportunity to uh, get away once in a while is nice. And uh, while we miss them, this is uh, some much-needed time for the two of them to just enjoy life and have some fun with their friends. Things are Things are moving along here. Christopher and Aubrey are taking care of business and our uh, technical wizard. <laughs> he said, I, I called Dan Garrett the technical wizard. And he said, you know, a wizard is just uh, a dunce cap without stripes. And I'm like, no, dude, come on. I'm trying to give you a compliment here. Anyway, uh, things are moving along swimmingly and uh star will be here star star the wonder dog along with lightning the wonder dog lightning is just relaxing today he is at home and uh found a house and we're doing some painting and uh i'm not really doing much of anything i'm just kind of standing there watching uh occasionally i get you know a task they give me a task to make me feel needed and wanted but i'm more or less just in the way it's like Look, we've got work to do. If you want to do something, go out and pick up acorns or something like that. Get the pick up the acorns for a while. Eight forty-one is our time, and I got to say, it is uh, going to be kind of a wet day. But I don't think too many people are upset about it because we can certainly use the rain. Kevin Anderson checking in this morning. He says, "Man, we need the rain. We sure do." Cloudy and periods of rain, some uh, thunder, and a few, uh, maybe a little bit of lightning. But seventy-two, the expected high. Uh, as we uh, take a look at what's uh, going on for the weather forecast, a uh, good chance of rain throughout the course of the day. It says 94%. Now, that is, that's pretty good. They're pinpointing the actual possibility. So a partly cloudy sky this evening. Thunderstorms likely late, 70% chance, and a low of 61. Back up to 73 tomorrow with some morning showers and thunderstorms. Sunny and 66 on Thursday. Sunny on Friday and a high of 70. Partly cloudy and 77. On Saturday, partly cloudy and 69 on Sunday. Then we get into upper 50s on Monday and Tuesday. And lows right around the freezing mark. 33 the low on Monday, 32 the expected low on Tuesday of next week. So currently we are at 62 in Osage Beach, 62 in Camdenton. And the man of the hour, Josh Robinson, is joining us in the studio here this morning. And I wanted to talk to Josh because I I noticed uh, on Facebook a while back he, uh, I guess he talked to his wife and he said, honey, I'm loading up the truck and I'm headed to Florida. I'm going to help out the victims of Hurricane Ian. And uh, I thought it'd be nice for him to come in and kind of share his story because uh, I would imagine it was uh, a learning experience. And I think one of the things I said to you, I said, I mean this in the nicest way possible, but I hope you're packing. And I don't know if you were. <laughs> oh, I definitely was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only the only issue was having to drive through Illinois. Um, that, that's a little bit of a, a sketchy area, um, especially if you're carrying. So, well, I mean, for security purposes, you get down there and, you know, you have things that uh, people want and really want. Yeah. And, you know, you want to be able to help people, but you don't want to end up putting your own life in jeopardy because, uh, you know, you've got a wife and kiddos and all that good stuff. And yeah, uh. One of the funny stories, and and it didn't end up being anything important, but the neighbor right across the street from where our house is, uh-huh. I I got to meet her. Her husband is a sheriff, so obviously he was never home, um, just because they had sheriffs posted 
all over the place, you know, so he just had double time all, you know, so he was just always gone. Right. And I just told her, you know, hey, if you ever need anything, all you got to do is yell because we're just right across the street. And we had some guys in in a car kind of patrolling the, the neighborhoods, and they didn't look like they were enclosed to clean anything up. They were in a car, so they weren't in a truck to haul anything away. And she was telling me all that. I went back inside to take a break from helping the neighbors clean up their yards and stuff. And all I heard was her scream my name multiple times. Uh And I ran out and was expecting the worst. And uh, it ended up actually being just they turned the electric on and things were arcing off of her house. So... I expected the worst after she just got done telling me about these guys running around the neighborhood. Uh-huh. But there, there's a lot of people running around down there that shouldn't be in areas that they need to be in. But unfortunately, you know, there, you know, it, it kind of takes me back to uh, when 9/11 happened, and there were opportunists left and right, people calling and saying, you know, we represent this group or this organization, and we're collecting money to help out the victims of 9/11, and people were given to them left and right, thinking that they were doing the right thing. But in the meantime, they were, uh, you know, given money or, or having their information just, uh, you know, procured from these people. And hopefully there weren't too many stories that uh, ended up, uh, you know, turning out uh, bad. But I'm sure there were, unfortunately. Uh, what I want to ask you this morning is, is, is what motivated you to want to go down there and help those people? Well, we own a house down there. So, one, I wanted to go check, put boots on the ground. Yeah lay eyes on on my house sure um luckily we didn't sustain hardly any damage good um and then just help neighbors who whoever reached out obviously with the lake area having so many people that go down there have houses down there stuff like that you know if i can be down there and do something for them if because obviously they all have jobs so maybe they can't make it down there um, so I went down, ended up photographing a couple different people's houses that were from the lake area, sent them back up to them for insurance purposes, uh, helped a couple of them out, helped the neighbors out. Um, but it reminds me kind of a tornado style damage right. because two or three houses might not have hardly any damage. And then the next house over might be just annihilated. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do with maintenance, how old their roof was, what their lanai looked like. You know, um, luckily my house, the only damage I had was on the lanai cage. I had three screens that, or six screens that ripped out. Lanai was still standing. I had a fence that was bent over a little bit on some palms. Got that stood stood back up, and then just some debris picking up around the yard and. Then I went to help all the neighbors in the area to kind of get their stuff out. Well, there was a young lady that listens, uh, Tanya Kelly, that uh, had some friends and family down there, and I think they were headed down to see them as well. But uh, it's interesting. I was down in Florida over Memorial Day weekend this year, and the construction of homes, especially right along the beaches, where they're not, they, they don't go wide, they're more narrow mm-hmm. in terms of width. And, you know, they're like two or three stories high and they sit up on you know off the ground yeah on stilts stilts in in the event of flooding and things like that but 
um, you know, you tell the one particular story, and as unfortunate as it may be, there are a lot of people who go down to help, but then there are a lot of people who go down to loot. Yeah, and and, and you know, not not to say anything bad about the contractors. Some of the contractors go down to help, but some of them go down there. You know, they're they're storm chasers. You know, and they go down to make make a buck or two. But you know, my my wife's business associate that she works with. He was over by Matt Lachey, and some a lot of people don't know what Matt Lachey is. So it's basically between Punta Gorda and Cape Coral. Uh-huh. So if you ever fly Allegiant down, you're going to pass Matt Lachey on the way out. It's an island. He had 12 foot of water inside his house from all the storm surge. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of people. You know, I, I had a couple other people call me, ask ask me for some help had two three inches of what we would consider mud but it down there it doesn't look like mud it's more just sand and water mix inside their house you know they had four six foot just depends on how close you were to the shore as to what the devastation really looked like so sand is something they use in concrete yeah and so i can only imagine once that stuff starts building up plus you've got the water weight within the sand and yep. so it just causes all kinds of problems for people and you know anytime you go to the beach you're pulling sand out of your shoes and your clothes and everything else for for the months, next week and a half week. <laughs> yeah and then even after you get it home and wash it you'll find maybe a little uh pocket of sand in your swimsuit or something like that so i can only imagine what these folks are dealing with so you you go down there and you know you you see uh, see what it was like. I mean, we've experienced, and, and I think the closest thing to, uh, I mean, we've had tornadoes here at the Lake of the Ozarks that have done some damage and devastation, but nothing like what we saw in Joplin, Missouri. No. Did you see anything like that when you were down there in Florida, areas that were just obliterated? Yeah, there was, there was quite a few areas that, that got hit pretty hard. Yeah. Um, like I said, it was just real weird. Obviously, as you get closer to the coast line and and the water line, that's where a lot of them got hit pretty hard. Um, I would say the toughest part of being down there was nightfall because once the sun went down, yeah. everything was black. All you heard was generators running, and, I mean, obviously, you cell phone towers were down, so it wasn't like you get could get on Facebook you know, watch a movie on your phone or iPad or anything like that. So it just got real ominous. And, you know, there was uh, one of my neighbors suffered from depression and she just couldn't take it. She had to leave because, you know, come seven, eight o'clock at night when the sun went down, there was nothing. Yeah. I mean, you'd walk outside and it was just quiet. It was just weird. Were they able to get things restored people like electricity and water and did it take a while or are they still i I would imagine anytime there is a natural disaster the immediate response is overwhelming yeah but then you have to realize and understand that these people are going to be dealing with this for months possibly even years after the fact i mean when we went down we were along the gulf coast and there were uh, places where you would go and see uh, the trees were snapped like twigs. Uh, businesses were just devastated, and people had said, "You know what? That's it. I'm not. I'm not going to rebuild." Yeah. But you know the 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 overall helplessness that I'm sure you encountered when 
people did people come up to you and say please you know we we could use some some gas or we could use uh, some food or some water anything you have or um i didn't get a whole lot of that um you know they were pretty quick water came back on relatively quickly uh by the time i actually drove down there um water was on in the neighborhood of course they had boil orders uh, um yeah. electricity i got word just came back on i think two or three days ago to our house so they're still missing internet and and cable stuff like that but they at least have electricity so now a lot of people can take hot showers and and stuff like that because the water came on but if you wanted to take a shower it was going to be a cold one knowing that you live in an area where there is what they call hurricane season do people now take time to prepare for that? You can tell, I guess, who the newbies are versus people that have endured this sort of uh, natural disaster before. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have already moved all their windows over to impact-resistant or hurricane windows, stuff like that. Luckily, when I bought the house back in April, the owner had already replaced all the windows with impact-resistant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the the ones that live down there, I mean... They know what to do. My my neighbor's been there for 40-plus years. He has never left for a hurricane. He did say this one was probably the most intense one he's ever endured, mm-hmm. and he's not sure if he'll do it again. Huh. Well, and I wonder, though, if that's not the case with a lot of people, if they don't come in and say, this is it, this is the last time. You know, we've dealt with this maybe one time, two times, three times, how many ever times. And this is the one, this is a cam, uh, This is a straw that broke the camel's back, and they just said, you know what, the heck with it. And, and a lot of people even wonder, you know, why do people continue to rebuild? I mean, it's a beautiful part of the country. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Everybody likes to go to Florida at one time or another. If they go to the Keys or, you know, they're, they're uh, just any place where there's sand and sun and, and, and water. But... You have to kind of wonder sometimes, uh, and 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 I guess again, uh, you mentioned a friend who's a sheriff's deputy, and do they seem like they pretty much have the situation under control when things like this happen? Uh, you, you can't ever really know what the damage is going to be like. You know, they have, of course, the weather channel where they send the folks in, and they're standing there with a with a hurricane hitting sure. right on top of them. And you can uh, understand sitting and watching uh, from your from your home here at the Lake of the Ozarks for the safety of, of, of wherever you may be. But do people really understand and, 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 and realize what being in a hurricane is all about? Because the winds are sustained. It's not like a tornado that just comes through. It's something where there could be two hours, three hours, four hours, yeah, ten hours. This one was a slow-moving one. Yeah. And those uh, winds are, you know, sustained winds, and they just continue to pound homes and businesses and various other structures until they give way. And then, of course, you put water in there, and water finds its way into to, to anything. Yep. Yeah, a lot of the sheriffs were actually stationed at the Home Depots, Lowe's, stuff like that, because as soon as the hurricane was over, they brought in generators. Um, and on my on my drive down, you know, of course, I had 19 hours on the way down. Right. Um, as I got into southern Georgia, it was a utility truck after utility truck after utility truck. I mean, they just had convoys. Um, and then as you were passing truck stops, you would see 30, 40 of them sitting off to the side. Those are like staging areas. Yeah. 
um, just getting ready to get the okay to come in. Yeah. Um, and then we had semi after semi after semi that had big, massive generators that to to run some of these places. So as soon as they had the okay, they had the generators hooked up to Lowe's, Home Depot, stuff like that, because obviously they're the supply of what you're going to need to tarp stuff off, fix stuff, you know, um, all that. And so you had to wait in line, and they had sheriffs at both doors to kind of navigate who could come in, yeah. how long you could be in there, and, and stuff like that, just because they didn't want to get overloaded. Yeah, absolutely, and they didn't want to have a riot on their hands. Yeah, exactly. Which, again, you know, and, and, and you, you mentioned the fact that there are people that are driving around in vehicles and you don't know who they are and uh, you've never seen them in your neighborhood before, and that uh, is probably very daunting because uh, you don't know at some point if uh, you're going to have to defend your home and your property. Correct. And... I can only imagine what those people go through, but uh, at the same time, in in going down to check your own property, you thought, well, you know, hey, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna help some folks out if they need it. And I saw the picture of your uh, the bed of your vehicle, your truck, and you had it all loaded up with all kinds of different things. Did you uh, did you uh, well? You said you just bought your home in April. Had you ever experienced anything like that before, or, or did you know anyone? No, this is this is the first go around. Right. So it was it was a learning experience for sure. Yeah. So, so. did uh, did you and your wife sit down and have a discussion as to whether or not that home in Florida is 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 something you might want to keep or you're gonna? Oh yeah, we'll 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 definitely keep it. Um, you know, I I have somebody that I'm gonna put in it that was displaced right. um, down there, so that we got some renters that are coming in and. They're they're gonna rent it for a little bit and uh but yeah, it was it was an interesting experience to to say the least and yeah. I I've definitely uh got the memories and taken some notes. So <laughs> So what is uh uh what is uh the kind of the game plan for uh, Casa de Robinson? Um, you know, we bought it to to VRBO it. Yeah. Um But and, I mean as far as, you know, preparing it Hopefully it won't happen again, but uh, that's you know it, it's unlikely. pretty well prepared. Like I said, we already have the the impact resistant windows. The only thing that I'm going to probably end up adding is uh, a stationary generator. So when power goes out, the generator just powers the whole house. Right. As well as uh, out in the lanai, which we have a a big covered area under roof that has a TV, fireplace, stuff like that. Um, I'll probably end up adding some hurricane doors that will close down automatically just to kind of block that off um other than that i mean the house is built really well and you know uh if it can sustain a category four hurricane i i think we're we're pretty well set as far as that goes so well i i would say that uh you know i'm sure your uh your neighbors appreciated seeing you come down there and bring some things to uh to help them out a little bit and, uh, you know, when we talk about, I was talking earlier about how divisive this country has become. And it's amazing when you have a situation like a natural disaster, everybody forgets their politics and their issues and their problems. Correct. And all they want to do is, uh, you know, help their friends and neighbors. Yeah, there was a couple neighbors down there that, you know, they didn't have generators. So we had, ex- uh, luckily, Demo Demove with Artistic Stucco here at the lake uh-huh. was willing to loan me a generator to take down there with me. 
So I took that down. So we had extension cords running through yards and stuff like that to at least just give them some power to charge their phones, run a fan at night because obviously you can't run your air and this is Florida. Right. So you just run fans, stuff like that. Um, one person had their refrigerator plugged into it. Um, <laughs> I had my refrigerator plugged into it because right. I, I took all the steaks and chicken and stuff like that down with me. So I needed to have my refrigerator running. Sure. A uh, bunch of bags of ice, water, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was just, like I said, it was a, a different situation than, than what I've ever dealt with in the past. It's interesting to get someone's perspective of uh, of being a homeowner down there, but not being a, uh, it, it hasn't even been a year yet. No. And so you folks were probably a little uh, obviously concerned, but one of the biggest concerns, I guess, for uh, family members of someone down there is being able to get in touch with that person and say, uh, are you okay? You know, what can we do for you? Do we need to come down? And that's the immediate response uh, of a lot of people. They want to go down and help their families, and they want to help their friends that they know are down there. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes uh, maybe not so much. But at the same time, uh, just the devastation that uh, people endured, and we saw so much of it. But I just uh, wanted to spend a little time with you and kind of get your perspective on things. And uh, I appreciate it. Like, yeah. I, like I said, um, you know, it was probably huge for a lot of your neighbors to see you rolling in and knowing you had some uh, things that could help them out. So, Yeah, uh, and, and for the people that have tried to reach out to people down there and maybe they haven't been able to get in contact with them, stuff like that, uh-huh. just know, you know, the cell phone towers were knocked out. They were bringing in portable cell phone towers. So right. while I was down there, you know, I couldn't call back to my wife. You know, text messages wouldn't send, stuff like that. It's just because the cell phone towers are out. Um, obviously if they were in, you know, Fort Myers beach area, Matt Lachey area, stuff like that. Yeah. That there's definitely cause to worry, you know, and, and if it was something like that, I would say call the sheriff's office and just have them do a wellness check if they can get there. Yes. They are busy, busy, busy. And I'm sure they still are. Yeah. For coming in today, I want you to plug your business, Robinson Marine Financing. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so uh, I do marine RV aircraft financing uh, located here at the lake. Got brokers all over the country that I work with. I know. And, yeah, it's just a a fun business to... You ever need a repo man, call me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I got a a couple of them on on, on standby. Hopefully I don't ever have to use them, but, um, you know, and, and one of my clients was actually... Their boat was located in Fort Myers, and they sent me pictures of it nose up in the river. So, whoops. Yeah. Well, I mean, they 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 couldn't move it, and they're actually here from the lake, and their boat was down there, and that's what they lived on while they were down there, and yeah, it didn't it didn't fare real well because it was actually downtown Fort Myers, which oh. you know they had pictures of boats up in the middle of buildings and stuff like that. Yeah. So it. It's well, a, thanks, man, and I, I'm glad you made it uh, there and back in one piece. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good seeing you. Continued success on uh, on getting in shape there, man. You look uh, 100%. You look great. So so do you. you you've lost quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I've lost a, lost a, uh, at least one person, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I've always said, I've you know, I've lost a, a teenage person, I think, <laughs> off my body. So, 
Uh, it's been a lot of work, but, you know, I feel a lot better. Well, thanks, man. It's always great to see you. Always great to see you. Let's take an opportunity now to jump into some uh, local information with Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com. Also, Chris Schneider from Lake TV with a check of sports. Jeff Hooker is here. We'll talk to him here in just a bit and uh, talk a little bit about this uh, proposed apartment uh, complex development uh, near the courthouse. And we'll also have a chance to talk to the developer as well. It's 9.04. And we're going to jump in and uh, get you that information and come on back with more of The Daily Show on Key Radio. The Lake of the Ozarks' only community radio station. That's right. You've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks. 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, October 11th. Heated arguments, opinions, and some choice words filled Osage Beach City Hall last week. Developers Alderman and the president of the Camden School Board squared off about tax breaks to build a $63 million apartment complex in Osage Beach. Citizens came to voice their opinions, too. Some were for it, others against it. Some brought up concerns about safety on Nichols Road, where the 268-unit apartment complex will be built. In the end, Alderman voted to approve the funding agreement with the development group. More coverage on this one at lakeexpo.com. Two people were killed when a vehicle crashed head-on with a semi-truck Friday evening. 24-year-old Ashley Dinkins of Camdenton was driving southbound on Highway 5 when she attempted to pass another vehicle driven by 32-year-old Samantha Lucas. Dinkins' vehicle collided with an oncoming semi-truck. Two passengers in the Chevy were killed, 21-year-old Jasmine Chaplin of Sunrise Beach and 26-year-old Christopher Trout of Lake Ozark. Their bodies were taken to Hedges Scott Funeral Home. The Missouri Highways and Transportation Commission has approved over $11 million to improve roads across mid-Missouri, including at Lake of the Ozarks. Repairs include seal coat overlays on routes YV and Outer Road 54 in Camden County and multiple others in Morgan and Miller County. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-280-0532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Well, the Chiefs, they won, but boy, did they make it interesting. Kansas City now 4-1 and after beating the Raiders last night, 30-29. to Chiefs fell behind 17 to nothing, but rally in the second half. And how about Travis Kelsey? A Monday night football record, four touchdown catches. Raiders had a two-point conversion late in the game that would have given them the lead, but they came up just short. And the Chiefs again get the win. They improved to 4-1. and.
and one next week at home. The Chiefs take on the Bills. Both teams are four and one. That'll be interesting. Carolina Panthers have fired their coach, Matt Rule, after a one and four start. As for baseball news, another person gets fired. That was uh, Kansas City Royals skipper Mike Matheny. He is out after another bad season. In the meantime, the second round of the baseball playoffs getting underway today in the National League. The Phillies and Braves and the Padres and Dodgers and in the American League, Cleveland and the Yankees and the Mariners and the Astros. Of course, the Cardinals lost their first-round series. Mizzou Tigers and MSU Bears both off this weekend. Both teams are 2-4 and four on the season. Hey, KB is on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. You can see him every day, 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you five local Lake Area shows, and they are great, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris from Slumberland Furniture every day at 8, 1, and 2 every day. It is Lake TV. You can see Lake TV absolutely free on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry. You can watch absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. Just do a search for Lake TV. And you can watch on your computer, streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. She's a former Camdenton resident, Hollywood actress, and pop culture expert. Tina Griffin helps parents safely navigate the current pop culture chaos. Know how to create a healthy media diet for your family and live as a counterculture warrior. Listen to the Counterculture Mom Show Fridays and Sundays at 5 a.m., 1 p.m., and 9 p.m. on Key Radio, 89.3 FM. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call one 866 71 Abuse. Who knows and understands the Lake of the Ozarks better than the people who live here? Key Radio is bringing the public square right to your radio, computer, or mobile device. We get a lot of outside advice on how to handle what's happening at the lake, and that's great. However, we'd rather hear from the people like you who live here, get involved, and really make a difference with Key Radio. You're listening to 89.3, The Key.
thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, the key. And it is 912. We are so glad to have you with us this morning. As always, another beautiful day at the lake. A little on the wet side, but uh, I think most of us would agree that we needed the rain. I don't know about you, but pollen and dust and everything else was just kind of getting on my nerves a little bit. Jeff Hooker is here. He is the city administrator for the city of Camdenton. We're also going to be talking with uh, Titus Williams. And, of course, these are the folks that are involved in uh, this uh, apartment complex development, the proposed, proposed, the operative word in that sentence, apartment complex development. And uh, we had uh, the concerned citizen in yesterday, Sherry Morris, to kind of uh, give her uh, thoughts on it and some thoughts of maybe some other folks in the area, and we'll talk about that here in just a moment. First, I wanted to, uh, again, update you on the weather forecast. Not too terribly bad at all. We'll take the rain, as they say, and uh, definitely look forward to uh, uh, another beautiful day at the lake. Kind of a wet day, but uh, as I said, we'll take it. Looks like uh, right now we are at 62 degrees in Osage Beach, and uh, last check we were at 62, and we are in Camdenton as well. 73 the high today. Chance of some uh, rain, maybe a little thunder. 73 your high, partly cloudy this evening. Thunderstorms becoming likely overnight, a low of 61. Morning thunderstorms and uh, 73 for tomorrow. Sunny and 66 on Thursday. Sunny and 69 on Friday, partly cloudy and 77 on Saturday. Partly cloudy and 69 on Sunday, but still some beautiful fall weather at the lake. Get out. And enjoy the fall colors before they are gone. And watch out for the acorns. I think some of them are as big around as bowling balls. You know, you you, you, you hear them hit the ground. And they, you know, they make a nice little thud. I saw a squirrel laying on the ground unconscious yesterday. And rather than go over and, and do any harm to the squirrel, I, <clears throat> I thought I'd administer CPR and rescue breathing. But he saw me coming and got away pretty quick. Uh, and then I've heard some of these acorns hitting the cars. And, you know, for the owner of the vehicle, they're just sitting there going, oh, not again, not again. And so for any of you folks out there that uh, do dent removal, this is probably a key time for you. Lots of uh, good things going on here at the lake. And uh, as I said, we had the opportunity yesterday to talk to Sherry Morris. And Sherry had contacted me about this uh, apartment complex that they're talking about. And uh, it's going to be a proposed apartment complex that is going in around uh, the area of the Hahatanka cutoff. And so there were some uh, concerned citizens, and we'll share some of their concerns here this morning. Jeff Hooker, how in the world are you? I'm doing well, KB. Good to be here. Good to have you with us. We're going to take the first portion of the hour and talk about the apartment complex. And we may need to talk a little bit more about it, but I wanted to keep you around if you've got the time this morning. So let us know about some of the other things going on in the city of Camdenton. We also have uh, on the telephone with us this morning, uh, we've got uh, Titus Williams. And Titus is uh, the developer for this particular project. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm well, thank you very much. Glad to have you with us. Thanks for taking the opportunity to call in. So this is something that I guess has been uh, in the works for a while. Jeff, maybe you can lay the groundwork here a little bit in terms of uh, when this uh, all started kind of coming together. Um, KB, it's been it's been several months ago. Um, Mr. Williams, you know, approached the city 
was interested in, in, in adding some affordable housing, some apartments to the area, which, um, as, as anybody knows, is, is in great need. Right. Um, he had uh, purchased uh, the, the property on Haha Tonka Cut Through. Part of it is zoned um, R3 residential. Part of it is zoned commercial. Um, and and, and uh, Mr. Williams is just following a process that the city basically remains neutral. We I've been approached by the citizens right. um, um, and others, and the city has to remain neutral because this is a process that has to take place. Uh-huh. Um, so he wants to rezone the commercial part to to R3 and develop uh, apartment complex there, which is something very common, something we do in the city all the time. It either goes residential to commercial, commercial back to residential, whatever the needs of the developer are, are the owners of the property. Um, but the process, KB, is is uh, they, they go to the Planning and Zoning Board, and they're going to meet actually tonight. And uh, the citizens uh, will have a public hearing, and they'll be able to voice any concerns they have as it relates to the complex. And um, what I'm excited about is actually that the, the people will actually get to hear from Mr. Williams for the first time. Right. Uh, to, to, to see what type of complex he's putting in. Right. You know, I've, I've heard, you know, as the rumor mill goes and, uh, and social media really doesn't help it that much is he's going to put 300 apartments in there. They're going to be low income housing, or they're going to be too expensive for people to stay um, are, are to be able to rent there. So I think it, I think it's a good process that, you know, that, that the citizens will be able to voice their concerns. And, and I, I think there are some concerns right. as it relates to putting it there. And then the, the board of all, or the zoning board of adjust or zoning board of Adjust, planning and zoning will then make a decision either yes or no. And either way, okay. that decision will go to the board of aldermen next week. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, we're excited to finally, there's been a lot of controversy. There's been a lot of emotion surrounding this. So it's, it's good that, that both, both sides of this are actually going to meet. And I can, I can uh, tell any of the listeners out there that would like to call in and ask questions that you can do that at five, seven, three, six, three, three, five, three, nine, or five. Let's talk to uh, Mr. Williams for just a moment. Uh, Mr. Williams, how did you come across, uh, the information regarding this property and, uh, and, and, and was this kind of the ultimate plan? Did you look at it and say, well, you know, uh, we are looking for affordable housing. Um, and, and, and then there were some people that uh, were a little concerned about maybe the uh, price of some of the units. And uh, certainly there was a concern as far as flooding. And then the zoning issue that uh, people were talking about. We're going to give you a little time to, uh, uh, to, uh, to kind of fill us in on some of these uh, various issues that were addressed by some concerned citizens. Sure, yeah. Uh, well, the first thing to, uh, to address the, the um, affordable housing or low-income housing, uh, that's not what we do. That's a special designation for a type of housing that typically um, puts you in a category that you have to restrict your rental rates to be able to uh, rent to a, 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 an individual or a family that, that their income uh, meets a, a ratio of what the the medium household income is for the county. And that's not what we do. We build um, uh, market rate housing uh, for people to come in and rent. Um, so the idea that, you know, we're uh, coming in here to uh, uh, make this something that is, uh, is, I guess, rent controlled or things like that, that's not the case. 
Okay. When, uh, we, from a from a location standpoint, the reason why the reason why this property caught my eye is proximity uh, just to um, local things in the community and also um, the governmental offices that are adjacent to it. Uh, a while back, I heard uh, that um, the county uh, had to uh, amend a. Uh, one of their uh, one of their parameters for sheriff's deputies, uh, so that uh, previously, before um, the the amendment, they only required sheriff's deputies to live in the county of Camdenton or uh, uh, of, of Camden uh, yeah, of Camdenton, so that um, uh, they had to live in that, that county. And what uh, because of, of the lack of housing or uh, or housing that that people could uh, pay for, they had to, the county had to amend that, amend that so that now sheriff's deputies are able to live outside of the county. And what we're seeing in other communities that we've invested into is that housing is very important for, um, for the growth uh, and uh, for, the, uh, for the community to retain uh, good quality candidates uh, uh, and to grow in, in the future. If if uh, housing is not um, able to be afforded by uh, people that, that live there and they have to move to another location, um, uh, typically what happens is you will have out migration and people will find a place that they can they can live uh, in, in close proximity to where they work. So um, we saw the the need for housing in. You know, the lakes area, uh, and I found uh, with some help from other people that are citizens there, I found this uh, property um, uh, to, to to turn into multifamily housing. Right. One of the big questions, uh, certainly uh, with what's going on in Osage Beach, the question has been floated. Uh, tax abatement. Has there been anything along the lines of a request for, uh, for, for tax abatement? And, uh, Jeff, maybe you can address that. Uh, no, um, the the city of Camdenton, as, as you probably know, KB doesn't have property taxes. Um, anything that would be negotiated as far as tax abatement, I assume, would go to the county uh-huh. uh, who collects property taxes, and then those entities involved in the taxes, whether it's the school, whether it's the ambulance, the fire district, and stuff like that, would be involved. Um, you know, the city gets sales tax. And this type of development is is uh, not going to, I mean, it's going to generate sales tax because people are going to live in the community. Mm-hmm. People are going to shop in the community. But specifically, the property in question there is not going to generate a sales tax. So that, that conversation never came up. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Mr. Williams just came in, and he's he's willing to to invest, you know, probably on that property alone between 2 and $3 million dollars. Um, of his own money to, to, to give us some, some housing. So, uh, um, you know, at, at first the, the city was, was very excited about it, but we also want to address the citizens' concerns as well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to give them a chance to speak, and they'll have that chance tonight. And then, like I said, the exciting thing is, is that Mr. Williams will be able to hopefully address some of those concerns as it relates to them, and we'll, the city has to let the process uh, work its way through. One of the other issues that we discussed with uh, Sherry Morris was the uh, the possible flooding issue, because obviously you go through there, and she said that uh, they've already been uh, they've already begun clearing the land, 
And uh, one of the issues uh, is, is flooding and that, uh, you know, some of these gully washers that we have in the area have already affected people that live in that general uh, subdivision. And what uh, the concern is, is will removing those trees, uh, which, you know, they that, that, that ground and everything and, you know, putting in concrete, will that make uh, the problem worse? Is there something that uh, the developer has uh, introduced as a way to maybe curb that problem. I would imagine you have to see everything, all the uh, the plans of how this thing is going to come together. And uh, Mr. Titus, were you aware of uh, an, an issue regarding uh, weather and flooding and, and some uh, general concerns that people had about clearing that land and then uh, and then having to deal with, uh, you know, some of the, uh, the, the rain-related events we have in this area? Uh, yes, it's um, so in a development of any any kind, whether it stays the, the property stays C two or it goes to R three, there will be um, impervious uh, pavement or things that allow for uh, issues to arise when there's heavy uh, storm storm water runoff. So in the plan that's been presented to planning and zoning and will present presented to the alderman uh, next week. Um, the plan shows a retention basin that's just, um, that is put on the property. Mm-hmm. The current um, uh, code does not require it, but because what we, what our knowledge of other developments um, in Missouri and uh, just personal experience, uh, we believe that we needed to put that in there uh, uh, before even people coming to us to tell us that there was an issue with it. So in the plan, you'll see uh, a portion of the property that has uh, its stormwater uh, detention basin. And what that does is that when the the building is developed um, and constructed, the grading of the property will then divert the water to uh, this um, uh, to the stormwater detention basin. And then during times of, of heavy rains, the stormwater detention basin fills up with rainwater. And then slowly, when the soil dries out, then the sto- that detention basin just drains down into the soil. So the majority of the time, it'll look kind of like a, a grassy field mm-hmm. um, uh, in the property next to the parking. And we believe um, that the development of this site will actually help with um, the potential issues of the adjacent properties because we are diverting water purposely into the stormwater detention basin. I think so uh, one thing... Go ahead, I'm sorry. One thing that's um, interesting is uh, whether we get the zoning for C2, or excuse me, from C2 to R3, the, the problem will remain. Um, something will be built on this property uh, whether it's multifamily or something that is in compliance with, uh, of the uses of a C2 zoning, the, the, this plan, in, in uh, uh, my opinion and opinion of professionals that I work with, is that this is the highest and best use and uh, mitigates potential issues for stormwater runoff. And. And and I guess the concern here was by the uh, the, the lady that I mentioned that this uh, retention facility uh, was close to a family member's home, and uh, she was 
uh, saying that there might be some issues. Do you feel as though uh, what you're doing to help possibly prevent any issues as far as flooding is adequate? Do you think it will be something that uh, can truly handle uh, some of the storms that uh, that come through the area? And if so, is this something that uh, you know you've worked with in the past? Uh, and what do you base this on in terms of making a facility that you would consider to be adequate? Um, you know, uh, I don't know if there's, I would imagine there's obviously some science behind this, but uh, what is it that you utilize? Uh, who is it that you utilize in order to determine whether something like this would be adequate? I um, hire an architectural firm or an engineering firm to help with uh, with those type of issues. Um, handling uh, uh, storms, um, uh, personally, it's almost a, an impossible science because of weather patterns change, and we just won't know from one period of time to the next of what's, what the amount of rain will, will be like. We can have an understanding of what historic, the historic uh, rainfall looks like, but sure. um, uh, the, the, re, the retention basin is there for, you know, the mitigation of stormwater runoff. Right. And uh, again, this, the interesting fact is that changing from a C2 zoning to R3, this wouldn't have been even proposed if I if I would have just built built it as a C two zoning use uh, use property. So we believe by doing this, it actually helps. It's something that we uh, we thought of before anyone brought it to our attention to put a stormwater runoff sure. retention basin. So it's and in the, uh, to my knowledge, that's not even a requirement. So we we proactively put that in there. Um, not as a request from anyone other than we wanted to do it because we bought, we thought it was in the best interest of of ourselves and in, in the in the community because we want the water just to be diverted into the sewer uh, or to, to uh, culverts around the property that then makes it more difficult for um, you know, put stress on on the infrastructure that's adjacent to it. We we decided not to go through the um, effort of developing that property out. Um, even though we have the, the right to do that, we decided to put that as a retention basin. It is 931. We need to uh, take a break here. Uh, Mr. Williams, can you hang out with us on the phone for a, a bit? I've got a couple of other questions I'd like to uh, uh, to run by you uh, before uh, we let you go this morning. Uh, a simple yes or no answer on this one, and then we'll go to our break. If that retention basin is not adequate, uh, after the uh, what, whatever development uh, goes in there, would you uh, be willing to modify that uh, as needed? Um, it's impossible for me to say because it, one rain could be more heavy than the next, right. but that retention basin could be adequate for for forever. We just don't know what the rain is going to what this how much rain is going to fall on the land. Sure, sure. Understandable, and that, uh, I guess, factors into the cost of the overall project. But I would gather that if you got enough uh, feedback from the residents in the area, uh, they might be the ones who kind of guide the uh, uh, the need to modify that or not. Uh, again, we've got uh, 
let's see here, at 9.32, and we're going to keep Mr. Williams on the phone. We're going to keep uh, Jeff Hooker in the studio. Jeff Hooker, the city administrator from the city of Camdenton, and we will take the opportunity to uh, come back and talk some more about this development. If you have questions, 573-633-5395. It is uh, Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com, Chris Schneider with Lake TV, and some information for you here on The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, October 11th. Heated arguments, opinions, and some choice words filled Osage Beach City Hall last week. Developers, aldermen, and the president of the Camdenton School Board squared off about tax breaks to build a $63 million apartment complex in Osage Beach. Citizens came to voice their opinions, too. Some were for it, others against it. Some brought up concerns about safety on Nichols Road, where the 268-unit apartment complex will be built. In the end, Alderman voted to approve the funding agreement with the development group. More coverage on this one at lakeexpo.com. Two people were killed when a vehicle crashed head-on with a semi-truck Friday evening. 24-year-old Ashley Dinkins of Camdenton was driving southbound on Highway 5 when she attempted to pass another vehicle driven by 32-year-old Samantha Lucas. Dinkins' vehicle collided with an oncoming semi-truck. Two passengers in the Chevy were killed. 21-year-old Jasmine Chaplin of Sunrise Beach and 26-year-old Christopher Trout of Lake Ozark. Their bodies were taken to Hedges Scott Funeral Home. The Missouri Highways and Transportation Commission has approved over $11 million to improve roads across mid-Missouri, including at Lake of the Ozarks. Repairs include seal coat overlays on routes Y, V, and Outer Road 54 in Camden County, and multiple others in Morgan and Miller County. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. This is Happy Headlines. I'm David Beach, bringing you good news and heartwarming stories to help you through your day. That's the plan. I hope it's working. Here's today's story. Mowing your yard is hard work. I can actually hear my father saying to this broadcast, how would you know? But recently in Florida, a man while mowing his yard collapsed from heat exhaustion. He's 83 years old, and Prince Pinky started feeling sick. His left leg, which was already weak from the effects of a previous stroke, gave out. His wife, Rebecca, said, he slipped. He just fell, and I had him by the arm, but I couldn't hold him up. A passerby saw the situation and called 911. A crew from Fort Lauderdale Fire Rescue was at the scene within minutes. They treated Prince Pinky, and after he was taken care of, Fort Lauderdale Fire Rescue Lieutenant Matthew Wells said, I think we can cut their lawn. So they did. The crew came by hours later to check on the Pinkies. Prince Pinky served in the Army and was a missile technician during the Vietnam War. The couple said they usually pay someone to mow their lawn, but that person had not been around lately. Captain Terry Meller said, their story is amazing in itself. Their age, what they've gone through, this history is a veteran serving his country. If that doesn't move you to go ahead and do what you're capable of, then nothing will. They were called to help him. They saw he needed more help, and they mowed his yard. It's just that extra step. That is what helps us get through this. That's what helps us get through everything, taking that additional step to help someone. That's a happy headline.
it's not an, a complicated story. It's just something above and beyond. Thank you for listening. Stay happy, stay healthy, and find a way to make someone's day. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Well, the Chiefs, they won, but boy, did they make it interesting. Kansas City now 4-1 and one after beating the Raiders last night, 30-29. to 29. Chiefs fell behind 17 to nothing, but rally in the second half. And how about Travis Kelsey? A Monday night football record, four touchdown catches. Raiders had a two-point conversion late in the game that would have given them the lead, but they came up just short, and the Chiefs again get the win. They improved to four and one. Next week at home, the Chiefs take on the Bills. Both teams are four and one. That'll be interesting. Carolina Panthers have fired their coach, Matt Rule, after a one and four start. As for baseball news, another person gets fired. That was uh, Kansas City Royals skipper Mike Matheny. He is out after another bad season. In the meantime, the second round of the baseball playoffs getting underway today in the National League. The Phillies and Braves and the Padres and Dodgers and in the American League, Cleveland and the Yankees and the Mariners and the Astros. Of course, the Cardinals lost their first round series. Mizzou Tigers and MSU Bears both off this weekend. Both teams are 2-4 and four on the season. Hey, KB is on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. You can see him every day, 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you five local Lake Area shows, and they are great, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris from Slumberland Furniture every day at 8, 1, and 2 every day it is lake tv you can see lake tv absolutely free on como channel 90 if you don't get como don't worry you can watch absolutely free on roku or amazon fire stick just do a search for lake tv and you can watch on your computer streaming live all the time at mylaketv.com i'm chris schneider with your key radio lake tv sports update for this tuesday i'm bill munhausen for orion center creation Expo. Ask a typical person how he or she knows the Earth is millions or billions of years old, and that person will probably mention the dinosaurs, which nearly everybody knows died off 65 million years ago. A recent discovery by Dr. Mary Schweitzer, however, has given reason for all but evolutionary fundamentalists to reconsider. Schweitzer discovered that bone slices from a Tyrannosaurus rex found in Montana show what appear to be blood vessels of the type seen in bone and marrow, and these contained red blood cell nuclei. Additionally, the marrow contained what appeared to be flexible organic tissue. This was not your ordinary fossilized bone. For once, Bible believers can agree with evolutionists. Organic material cannot endure for millions of years. That blood does not endure, God tells us in Genesis. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Schweitzer's dinosaur testifies that death could not have come so very long ago, certainly not millions of years. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. 
Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. All right, it is 9.40, and we thank you for joining us. Uh, to all of you listening this morning, great to hear from you, and uh, thank you for your input, Sean and Gail. Uh, also, uh, James and Rick and Diane, thank you to all of you that are uh, joining us. Bobby Lee. Don Akers Jr. and Courtney Martin, just a few of the folks that are checking us out on our SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live cam. But uh, thanks to all of you tuning in to 89.3 keyradio.live. And yes, uh, right there on the free apps for your Android and your iPhone. Thank you, thank you, thank you to uh, everybody for uh, making us a part of your day addressing this uh, topic uh, jeff hooker joins me in the studio he is the city administrator from the city of camdenton and of course we have titus williams on the phone with us as well uh, he is uh, involved with this uh, proposed apartment complex and so a couple of other things that we wanted to address and uh, they include um, well i think one of the biggest things here uh, is the uh, the, the the traffic issue and, and Mr. Williams, maybe you can uh, uh, you know lend a little thought to that because the Ha Ha Tonka cut through is uh, pretty tight as is. I'm sure that there is probably uh, some concern from uh, law enforcement, uh, uh, fire and rescue, as far as having to get into that particular area. It shouldn't be that tough. I mean, you've got a fire station almost directly across from the Haha Tonka cut-through. But the amount of traffic, will there be overflow? How many spaces will uh, the, the typical tenant uh, be allowed to have if they move into that uh, particular facility? A one-bedroom, two-bedroom, I believe all the way up to three-bedroom. Uh, and, and from talking to uh, Jeff Hooker here this morning, he said that was one of your concerns is the amount of traffic and, uh, and and what it's going to take to accommodate all of that. So we'll jump back into the discussion and kind of let you address that question. That's a, it's a great question. Par- uh, parking to me is really important when it comes to uh, multifamily housing. Uh, I want to make sure that when we build apartments that we have enough um, parking for our residents. Right now, the number of units that we're building – is 88 units, 32 one-bedrooms, 42 bedrooms, and 16 three-bedrooms. And based on what the requirements right now is for um, that type of, uh, of unit mix, it's uh, one and a half spaces per unit. So the required parking is 132 parking spots. But our development here shows 142 parking spots. So. Um, if you put that into context, it there is more um, there is more traffic that's going to be on the Ha Ha Tonka uh, cut through. But if the, if that is with the, the the zoning being amended from a C two to R three, if it were to stay as a C two um, zoning the number of parking spaces with the same square footage of being a building being built there 
would go from what I'm showing of 142 all the way up to 500, over 530 parking spots. Wow. Because the difference between residential and commercial, uh, residential parking is based on the number of beds or bedrooms in the development or in buildings. Mm-hmm. Commercial is, it's, it is converted um, uh, a parking spot per 200 square feet of commercial space. So if the zoning stays as is, the issue would actually, a, part, a traffic issue would actually be amplified by fivefold mm-hmm. or four and a half. So, in my opinion, actually uh, rezoning this from a C2 to an R3 is actually more beneficial from a, from a, from a traffic count uh, perspective. Because the C2 zoning is, um, if any of your listeners have an understanding of what a C2 zoning is, C2 zoning is for, uh, for properties that are adjacent to heavily trafficked areas. And... Um, the C2 zoning is actually highway commercial district that um, communicates that there's going to be lots of traffic adjacent to that, that property. So converting it from a C2 to an R3 actually will reduce the traffic count of what potentially could be built there if the current zoning stays. Very good. 945 is okay. Yeah. 9.45 is our time, and we do have a caller on the line, so we're going to uh, take a phone call. And, caller, I appreciate you holding on this morning. You are on with uh, Jeff Hooker and Titus Williams. Go right ahead, please. Hey, good morning. <laughs> um, earlier, somebody brought up tax abatements, and uh, I, first I want to say I very much appreciate what Mr. Hooker had to say. Uh, in the fact that the city of Camington doesn't levy a tax, so it's really not their tax to abate. I think that's the biggest problem with the Osage Beach deal is it just doesn't really make sense how they're going about it. That being said, um, it's my understanding uh, that some friends of mine who have talked to Don Williams, Commissioner Williams, um, that you all are asking for some abatements, and that didn't really get addressed earlier, and the, the thing that kind of got me, now this may just be rumor, but the way it was told to me was you all were asking for abatements, not only on this property, but on all the properties you own, which includes a winery uh, and, and a few other things. And I guess first my question is, is it true you're asking for those abatements? And two, when is it you all are going to have a public meeting to discuss this? Well, I can address the public meeting aspect of it, and that will be tonight at six o'clock at the Camdenton City Hall. So that is no, uh, no, no. That's for the this. That's the city. This is for the county. Again, he's not asking the city; he's asking the commission, county commission. Okay. So, um, tax abatement. We have not formally asked for a tax abatement on this property or any other property. Um, if we see that there is going to be a, an issue with the cost of construction or the cost of capital compared to what the rental rates can provide uh, for this, then the only way to mitigate um, uh, increased cost of construction or capital is um, the one toolbox for most communities is a tax abatement or TIF 
or some other type of thing we talked about in the past would be uh, low-income housing tax credits. Again, I am not in the business of building properties that um, that are low-income housing and that qualify for low-income housing tax credits. But that is that is um, something that uh, it's possible in the future that we will um, formally ask for tax abatements um, for this property and others. And if so, that public meeting will will take place at that time uh, for that discussion. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad to hear that you're not into the housing tax credits. Um, in my opinion, the less government housing we have, the better we are. Uh, you know, they built Fish Haven over in Lake Ozark here a couple of years ago. And you can ask any officer that works for Lake Ozark PD where their number one call is. Uh, and it's that place. It's always something. Uh, so I, I appreciate the fact that you're not looking at doing any kind of Section 8 HUD housing type stuff. Um, right. I do yeah. hope that they do that because I think that they horrible business model. It brings people in um, uh, from other areas uh, who, you know, I mean, to be honest, it, it tends to be a uh, kind of a criminal criminal element moves into those places a lot of times, uh, unfortunately. So um, anyways, that was my only question. I just heard that, that Mr. Williams, uh, not you, but Don Williams, the commissioner, had relayed that to some people that you guys were already asking about some abatements and uh you know if not that's cool uh, i appreciate the model that you got going on here and, and that you're not trying to use this uh other tool as they call it that osage beach is using so have a good day y'all thank you for the time thank you for the phone call this morning we appreciate that and uh, you know it brings up another interesting question what is uh uh, what is rent going to look like, uh, Mr. Williams, based on uh, a one-bedroom, a two-bedroom, a three-bedroom? What are we talking about? And in terms of, you know, uh, affordable housing, when we talk about affordable housing, I think affordable housing itself could more or less be uh, anything you want it to be. You know, it, it, it it's what people consider the word affordable to be all about, or the phrase uh, affordable housing. That's it, it's what people consider. You know, some people would consider five, six, seven hundred dollars a month affordable. Other people would consider twelve hundred, thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred dollars a month affordable, depending on uh, their income situation. The goal, obviously, with affordable housing, is to be able to provide something that someone, in most cases, who is probably working in the real retail industry, uh, whether they work at a, a store, a restaurant, what have you, uh, can afford along with groceries and gas and, um, you know, I don't know if utilities are included in this or trash service. Uh, you know, if somebody wants uh, Wi-Fi, uh, phone bill, I mean, just, you know, basic expenses. So let's talk a little bit about the rent structure just a bit, if you could. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the term affordable. Um, it is a little bit confusing um, because, you know, there is a, there is a, some people, when they hear the word affordable, they believe that there is some type of, of governmental assistance that allows the the rent to be controlled or uh, for individuals that uh, don't have the income to live in that place to be subsidized so that they, they are able to then move into that 
location. Um, from an operational standpoint, we have uh, strict guidelines that we require of our managers to, for the residents to pass a, a criminal background check, uh, to have a credit score of over 620, uh, to have two and a half times um, uh, income over what their uh, rental rate would be. So those type of things um, that we require of our management companies allow for uh, us to have good confidence that the um, residents that live in there can pay their bills, uh, have good character, and uh, we um, don't jeopardize uh, any fair housing uh, laws because those criteria we follow um, every time. Now, there are times where people that, you know, they might not have, you know, they might be a, a student or uh, someone just graduating high school um, or a young family that they don't have a, uh, someone that um, uh, has the credit background or has the income. So we do allow people that uh, don't qualify for the credit because they're, they don't have credit or they don't have the, the rent uh, or the income uh, to have guarantors. Uh, and the guarantor requirement is it, it increases. Um, for example, the credit score goes from 620 to 650. Um, so then that gives us a little more confidence that even though there's a resident in that property that's not, uh, doesn't have credits at all, not, not low credit, but doesn't have a credit at all, it has somebody that, that is willing to vouch for them that they are going to be good tenants or good residents of the facility. Now, to answer your question regarding rental rates, we perform in three different uh, um, price points. And the price points, as you can imagine, are based on the, the number of bedrooms in uh, uh, an apartment. So a one-bedroom, two-bedroom, three-bedroom all have different price points. Sure. And right now, the, the performance numbers um, that we are using is uh, 900 for a one-bedroom. Uh, I want to say it's 1,100. This is off the top of my head, so I could be off a little bit. But uh, 1,100, I believe, for a two-bedroom, and then 1,300 for a three-bedroom. And that um, there's a, a thing we put into an operational standpoint when we operate properties, especially when a, a new construction unit comes online, uh, is a thing called... Um, a dynamic rent analysis. So if we see that there's a unit type that is more popular, we, we um, increase that rent. And if we see that there's a, a unit type that's not that's less popular, we decrease that rent um, so that we keep the occupancy high because we're wanting good quality residents um, that can pay those bills. But we, the main thing we're looking for is we want to, you know, to, to have good occupancy with good revenue. Um, from good quality tenants. And, and hopefully that answered the, all the questions that you just asked. Sure. And that uh, is, is interesting uh, uh, in how, you know, we, we look at affordable housing. Affordable housing has been something that we've needed in this area for years. We've done studies. Uh, there have been groups coming around that wanted seed money to do a study. And uh, I, I guess, again, the the, uh, uh, the real way to determine how this works out is to talk to the developers because the developers seem to know just exactly what it is they want and what people can afford. And I would imagine you look at numbers and studies and things along those lines as well. 955, and uh, I want to thank you, uh, Mr. Williams, for joining us this morning. 
and uh, being available, and you will be available tonight at 6 o'clock at the Camdenton City Hall. There is a uh, meeting, obviously, to get uh, some feedback and some comments from uh, the citizens and address their questions. But uh, thank you, sir, for taking some time this morning to be a part of the program, and uh, we'll uh, maybe possibly talk to you down the road when they determine what direction we're going to go and Maybe you can give us a little bit more insight as to uh, where uh, your company plans to go with the uh, the development. So, uh, again, thank you, and uh, uh, appreciate your time. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. Jeff Hooker, who's been rather silent here this morning, but we do have a few minutes left. And, and just uh, to kind of touch on uh, any new development outside of this particular facility, that is going on in the city of Camden and some things that uh, people can get excited about. That quick car location looks like it's uh, doing uh, well, and there's some more things coming, I guess. Absolutely. Um, uh, from what I understand, this Friday, um, Culver's is going to start their uh, dirt work right. uh, for their 4,300-square-foot uh, uh, double drive through restaurant that's going right behind Quick Car. Okay. Um, then across Jack Crow Road from there... Uh, Scooters uh, Coffee is going to start. They've already started some of the groundwork, mm-hmm. and they're going to be uh, looking at bringing their building in sometime in the very beginning of November. Uh, so there's two more businesses coming uh, to the city of Camdenton, and, of, and of course, we've got uh, the large annexation development. I was going to ask you about that. Where, right. where are you at with that right now? Actually, um, I, I actually talked to the to the buyer of the property this morning at the, at the YMCA uh, here in Osage, um, there's some title issues uh, because that property is set vacant for so long and uh-huh. has passed owners from owners from owners yeah. to get clear title. But they're right. hoping to close this fall, and uh, they have the, uh, the the dirt workers and uh, the infrastructure people just sitting and waiting for that date of closure so they can get going, bring equipment in here. And uh, I think there's going to be some exciting things with that. If, if this goes through... Um, like I said, we talked about this before, KB. Uh, phase one is going to involve, you know, a hotel with a conference center and a culinary arts school. Uh-huh. Um, it's going to have several retail, um, um, possibly big box stores uh, going in there behind Walmart, uh, some stuff going alongside Walmart, right. some uh, some exciting restaurants that I'm hearing, uh, hearing we about. We need those. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, and then um, also housing. Uh, it's going to have a 55 and older community of about 40 or 50 houses. Okay. It, it, it once again is also going to have uh, probably three to 400 apartments in phase one, um, you know, to, to help with uh, affordable housing once sure. again, sure. Uh, you know, to be able to help with that need of, of, of housing in the lake. You know, you, t- you go to the restaurants, KB, and, and I've, I've talked to a couple of, the, of the, the young ladies and young men, and some of them are living in their cars because there's no place um, to, to find a place to live. Yeah. Well, I appreciate uh, you being a willing participant. As always, I know that uh, you've got a lot going on this week, but uh, thanks for making time for us. We we appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you to uh, Titus Williams for spending time with us. Thanks to uh, Josh Robinson for spending time with us as well. And, of course, thanks to you for spending time. 89.3 KeyRadio.Live, free apps for Android and iPhones, and all of you watching us on the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live camera. We're back in your ears tomorrow morning with Ike Skelton in Hour 1, Professor Jim Paisley in Hour 2, and hopefully you'll be back on 89.3. 